Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you, such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. 
It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Leanne. One thing about Leanne, she is very expressive and eloquent. That was really well read. Before I start, I just want to say this, that God is first loving and faithful. You've heard me say it before a few times, many times, and what's more, you'll hear me continue to say that into the future. God is first loving and faithful. No matter what is going on, that is who he is. Well... We're into the fifth episode of our series, Better Together. We're getting through it. And what's more, we're going to read the whole book of Ephesians. We'll have read the whole book of Ephesians by the time we get to the end. That was a particularly big slab, but it was a great slab. I was watching you all sort of shifting down in your seats and hoping this is going to miss you. You know, it's like, it's just quite amazing watching you. Where is this going? I didn't pick it. Chad divided it up and originally Brooke was going to have this one but she got the first one and I got this one. So there you go. Last week we had Steve Potter here and the reading he had was like inspiring and motivational and this one, well it's not quite a telling off but hey, it's a pretty sharp warning isn't it? There's a real contrast in in this reading between the old ways and the new ways of Jesus Christ. In chapter 4, verse 17, the first verse, it basically says, don't behave like the Gentiles. Don't behave like them. That's all those people out here in Ephesus, in the regions and beyond. Now, the thing is, the the Ephesian church, they were all Gentiles. Could have been a couple of Jews amongst them who become Christians, but they're all Gentiles. I'm thinking, that's really odd. He's like referring to the people of Ephesus as Gentiles, but not the church. Go back to chapter 2, around somewhere in chapter 2, verse 11, I think. He says to them, you Gentiles. Chapter 3, verse 1, he calls them you Gentiles. And so here, it's almost like he's not calling them Gentiles anymore. He could have, maybe he could have said pagans or something like that. In Galatians 3, 28, It tells us there is neither Jew nor Gentile. And then when you get into Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 14, listen to what this says. 
For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles, creating in himself one new people. So it's like... God has created a new race, the people of God in Jesus Christ, people like you and me, people like the people of the Ephesians church. And so they now were no longer Gentiles. They were the people of God. Just really interesting to see the way Paul just starts using the same words but with a different meaning. So don't behave like them. Most of the reading today is directed towards the behaviour of the Gentiles, of the pagans. So I'm just going to read from 4.17. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Then there's a whole heap of stuff about what these Gentiles, what these pagans, what these Greeks get up to. And then... In chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, this is what he says. Take notice this. We could all learn this ourselves. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with the love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice, pleasing, a pleasing aroma to God. So imitate God. Follow the example of Jesus. That is not hard to know what that's like because we do know we've got the scripture to tell us and we teach each other. We have songs about it that come out of the scripture. So that's not hard to do. So why aren't you doing it? I heard someone use that term once and I thought, oh, I like that. And why aren't you doing it? And including me. And so then there's a little bit more of what you shouldn't be doing. And then say about verse 15, he says, so be careful now how you live. Don't live like fools, Ooh. but like those who are wise. Do we have any wise people here today? There's two of you. <laughs> There's two of you. Okay, let's try again. Wise people are people who follow Jesus. Alex has got his hand up before, and there's another one. Do I see that hand? Yes, I see that hand. Wisdom is a gift from God through the Holy Spirit and if we're filled with the Spirit, we have access to that amazing gift. And so we need to be a wise people. We need wise people just to get by in these days, to live well and to stand upright and be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So we need some wisdom. So how many wise people in the house here today? There's a few more here. There's a few more. And if you are thinking about it, just talk to God about it. Don't talk to me or him or her. But ask God about it. He wants you to have wisdom. He doesn't want you to be a fool. Anyway, I'll keep going. Make, you, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. We say that to our children. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. <laughs> now, I like this bit. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. I think I heard someone over here say, well, what about beer? But, <laughs> but uh, it really works out the same way. You know, I'll keep going. I'll come back to that. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, <laughs> making music to the Lord in your hearts, 
and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that is an incredible description, a picture of unity in the church. <laughs> that is like a, an incredible picture of unity. God wants us to be one in mind <laughs> and heart for Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to go back to the old ways because if we go back to the old ways, there is a potential for division in the church. It's like there will be conflict by, between the old evil ways and the new holy ways of God. So we, God doesn't want us to hang on to the old ways. Get rid of them. They'll do you no good. We don't need division in the church. Division is a, is a nasty thing. It wrecks people's lives. We've just had a state election. And after the election, the ruling party lost the election. Another uh, government was formed. But one senior member of the original party said something like, well, there's division in the party. And in politics, especially elections, this is absolutely disastrous. So what about in the church? When there's division in the church, it's like Jesus takes a back seat and the mission of Christ is put on the shelf. And I wonder how the Holy Spirit feels about that. Well, we know how he feels. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. I'll tell you, he doesn't like it. So Paul says to these people, don't get drunk on wine because that will ruin you. It's really interesting reading other translations. Leanne had a translation of this and it used the word debauchery there. Wow, that's, that's pretty good, isn't it? It'll lead you to debauchery. In the Greek, it talk, it, the Greek word literally translates as wantonness. And so it will mess you up and it'll mess up those that are around you. And you might think, well, <laughs> what if it's a really good wine? You know, what if it's a Grange Hermitage? I'm going to tell you something. Moderation, but the trouble is, he's warning people who don't understand that, Alex. <laughs> Not everyone understands that. And so you could have a selection of grain hermitage or some cask red ned. The alcohol content's probably around the same, and you'll end up the way the same way. Drunk, ruining your life, ruining everyone else's life, and all of this, you're a classy drunk, if there is such a thing. I'll just move on because that's not really what I talk about. <laughs> I had to say that. All right. I'm going to read this again. Don't get drunk on wine. It'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs amongst yourselves, making music in your hearts, and give thanks for everything God, the God, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be a worshipping people, a people who are one with God and at one with each other. And when we're one with God and each other, the love of God is in the room. The love of God <laughs> flows around us. It's like when we're worshipping, like this morning, like there's this incredible sense of love, peace and joy. Did anyone experience that? Did anyone experience the patience of God that you're thinking, well, God is so patient with me because you know what you're like and 
God is so patient and kind. It's like the fruit of the Spirit just flows around us as we're worshipping God. It's this patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness of God. We are so loved. It's like we're immersed in the love of God. We're wallowing in the love that God has for us and the love we have between us. Isn't it funny how we worship? We love each other more at that time. We need to keep that going. We need to keep that going. And so when we're worshipping like that, immersed in the love of God and the love of our brothers and sisters around us, we know we're loved. We know we're loved. And if you think you're not being loved, go back to God. Go back to God and open your heart and allow him to start filling that void with something of his eternal love. That's something that is absolutely amazing. So when we worship and there's love in our minds and hearts, how do we explain that? How do we explain that? It's a, a thing is when people experience the love of God, the presence of God, they don't know how to explain it. We can talk about it. We can talk. That was absolutely incredible. I just, I just experienced the love of God in an amazing way. And someone else will say, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But when you try and explain it, we don't have the words so often. We might have some of them, but we know what each other's mean. And we need to be a people who've all experienced the love of God that we can say, I know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it's awesome. And so we need to tell people about this. If you had something incredible and there's an endless supply of it, you'd be happy to keep on giving it away because you just keep on getting more. So we need to tell people out there because we've got an endless supply. It comes from heaven and heaven don't run out. We need to want to tell others about the love of God. We need to want to tell others. <coughs> I've discovered in the church that Christians don't always want to tell everyone else. Someone did a survey once, don't know who it was, and they found that a lot of Christians don't like people who aren't Christians. Yeah. But they also found the same survey that most people out there actually like us. That's an interesting one. I don't know if it's true or not, but... It's, I've got it on tape, so it has to be true. <laughs> You're laughing. It was a Bethel thing, and, and I'm pretty confident in the source. Anyway, you know, we can worship God and just be immersed in his love and presence and forget about everything else. Some years ago, in the 90s, does anyone can remember the 90s? Some of you probably can. Most of you should be able to. <laughs> No, not you, Anthony. <laughs> Can't remember. I was at this worship conference at Seton Family Centre. It was a vineyard worship conference. And in the 90s, vineyard worship music was sort of on the cutting edge. It was leading the way. That was Hillsong, neck and neck. A little bit different, but it was amazing worship. <laughs> and I was at this conference there. And the worship was led by a team who really knew what they're doing. And I've got to say... We've got a team that really knows what they're doing as well. God has, has anointed what we have here on the platform. It's absolutely amazing. And we're worshipping and the worship, oh, I don't know, I've been going for a good hour or more. And I'm just loving this. And I'm thinking, I never, ever want to leave this place. I want to stay here forever. I don't want to go home. I just want to stay here because... What was going on, which is indescribable, unexplainable, 
I just didn't want to leave. Now, somewhere at the back of my mind, I knew at 10 o'clock, everyone would be gone and the lights would be turned out. <laughs> but I just didn't want to leave. And so we can get like that, that we forget about everything else and we forget to tell people about why Jesus came. We forget about that God has a call on our lives to make disciples. You know, we can be so in love with worship. Now hear this. This is not having a go at anyone, but this can happen. So in love with worship that we can forget to love Jesus. We can be so in love with worship <laughs> that we love worship more than Jesus. A few years ago, back when I was still pastoring at Gateway, which is now Impact, we had this particular night. We had a visiting musician, Godfrey Bertle, was his name, if anyone's ever come across this guy. And he was a pretty interesting guy and had a powerful worship ministry, different type of music. But he also had a following from across the state. So this night, all these people turned up. I want to say we're a Pentecostal church. We were a bit strange, but this lot were definitely different. Anyway, <laughs> we're worshipping and like presence of God was strong. And then I was just lost in worship. And next thing, I felt these two hands starting to give me a neck and shoulder massage. And I sort of jumped forward. Would you jump forward, Alex, or lean back? What would you do? You jump forward. Okay, I thought, good, at least I, I got someone to do that. And, and I look behind, and there's this guy behind me who I'd never seen in my life. Anyway, so I went back to worship, and after a bit I walked around the front of the, the church, round the back, and there's this guy. He stood there, and he just worshipped and got ecstasy on his face. He opens his eyes and looks around and sees me. And all of a sudden, his face in a half a second goes from ecstasy to absolute anger. He says, why did you shrug your hands off my shoulders? And I'm thinking, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in danger here. I said, it was just a surprise. There was nothing against you. And I'm thinking, he was angry. A couple of the big young guys from the church, well, they... And that, like, you know, like Dave Elliott. No, Dave Elliott, you know, is monstrous. And he's, he's, he's sort of like going like this, creeping up. And I thought, if this guy, he's going to have to deal with Dave. No, that won't be nice. And uh, anyway, he calmed down and he just went back into worship. I apologised to him. He was in love with the worship, but the character of Christ sort of has still working. That was still a, a work in progress, as with all of us. Look. We can worship, get into the arms of God and do nothing else. Or we could worship and out of that make disciples. You know, if we start making disciples in a big way, we're in trouble. We need to put 10 stories on this building or something because we can't... Anyway, we could worship, forget everything else for a while and then... Look at the world through the heart of the Father. Ever thought of doing that? I bet you do. I bet you do. So we could worship. We could come into the presence of God, share his heart, and out of that we could tell people about the death and resurrection of Jesus. If someone said to you, Easter's coming, tell me what that's about on the street, could you do it? And if you can't, you need to work it out in, in about a minute or two flat because that's all you have. But 
The death and resurrection is that Jesus came to this world, born in poverty, did miracles and loved people and changed people's life, and he died on the cross to defeat the power of sin, death and darkness and overcame sin. Sin was broken. We're forgiven. Death has to wait over there, has no longer their final authority. Satan doesn't have a say in our lives anymore. <clears throat> and we have the hope of the resurrection. We have this incredible future and eternity which starts now. Now, all of us need to be able to have our own version of that sort of thing <laughs> that we can tell quickly in non-churchy language as much as we can because people need to know. So out of worship, we need to be inspired to, to really understand that for ourselves and tell others. We need to be inspired out of our worship to talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit. For some people, that is spooky. <laughs> Well, of course it's spooky, it's supernatural. But I don't mean to say it's bad. And if you think you'd be totally comfortable with the Holy Spirit, no, you won't. The Holy Spirit is God. But we love to be in his presence. And so can you tell, we need to be inspired to tell people about the day of Pentecost where all these followers are in this room and the Holy Spirit comes like wind and fire and falls upon them and they start speaking in all these languages from the known world. They're speaking in Spanish and Italian and Greek. Well, I could probably speak in Greek. And any language that was in the known world, they'd never learnt them. And they're doing that. And I, thought, I remember hearing that when I was a kid. I thought, that's great. I wish I could do that. Well... <laughs> I can speak in languages that no one knows. They may have been speaking in them. At Pentecost, that's actually not mentioned about tongues, but most likely it was there. But that's an opinion that some people say is in the Bible, but that's just another story. <laughs> and so, and then people are saying they're drunk. And I'm thinking, wow, Peter says it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Who gets drunk around here at nine o'clock in the morning? Not too many. Well, when someone's drunk... <coughs> You know, someone said to me once, we were talking about this, he says, well, he said, he was dead serious. He said, well, why people thought they were drunk is because they were speaking all of these languages that they'd never learned. Think about that. I want to tell you, speaking a language you never learnt fluently is not a sign of being drunk. People who are drunk have trouble speaking in English, let alone a language they'd never learned. So, but what were they doing? <laughs> Maybe they were staggering. Maybe they were jerking and shaking. Maybe they were yabbering away <laughs> in unknown languages. Maybe, maybe they were just coming out with their static sayings like the old prophets did in the Old Testament. They used to roll around like they were drunk and, and act in strange ways. Maybe they were doing all that sort of thing that drunks do, but perhaps they weren't abusing people and throwing up. Maybe it was just, just the incredible thing. They'd be high, and they were prophesying. How do you prophesy when you're drunk? Anyway, so... We need to be inspired to tell people about that. Tell it in a way that makes sense, not in a churchy way. Sometimes we've got to de-churchify our lives to talk about it because it's freaky. We need to be worshipping and be inspired to, to be ambassadors for Jesus. We need to be inspired to be a light in the darkness. And we are living in dark days in this world. So we need to be an ambassador. 
We need to imitate God and, and follow the example of Jesus and bring something good into this world. You're right. <laughs> I was thinking I ought to get a camel back from a shoal on the back, you know, for, for the tube. That'll work well. <laughs> That's a bit silly. One person can do a few things for God. Two people can do more than twice as much. Somehow when two of you get together and start serving God, you can do a lot more. Twelve people change the course of history as the church started. So what could 150 Bayside's do? 150 Bayside's with one heart for, for Jesus and each other can make the kingdom of God known in our community. We really can. We can demonstrate the kingdom of God. We can show people what the kingdom of God is like by the way we care for each other and the way we love each other, the way the miraculous seems to happen when we're around. That you might offer to pray for someone and the next day they actually reluctantly let you pray for them. The next day they come back. That was amazing. What you prayed for just happened. We can demonstrate the supernatural power of God. That takes courage. You need the Holy Spirit for this. When we're worshipping, and there's this <laughs> deep sense of love in the room for God and, and for each other, it is clear that we are the followers of Jesus, that we are his disciples. It stands out. Jesus said in John 14, 34, 35. Now I'm giving you a new commandment. This is a commandment. This is an order. It is not a suggestion. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Really, <laughs> folks, with Bayside, I don't want people to say, Oh, they're Bayside's, or they're people who go to church. They are people who love God. They go to the Bayside church and they absolutely love God. They are so for real in who they are. And so we need to stand out. We, we need to be counterculture. Our culture needs to look differently in the church and outside of the church, the community. It has to be engaging and it has to be attractive and draw people to us. In the early church, the church exploded in the first three centuries and there was persecution. But also at the same time in that culture, Greek, Greco-Roman culture, there was just like incredible beliefs and philosophies. Funny things, a lot of them are still around now. People say it's really hard to engage the community. They're so self-absorbed. I want to tell you that was a very self-absorbed culture back in those days. They, people say, oh, people are saying their truth is their truth and my truth is my truth and what's good for you and what's good for me is all fine. They used to think like that too. So they engaged a world that was hostile, that had weird thinking, and we're in a world a bit like that. So you know what? We can do it. We can do it. We need to stand out, not blend in, but stand out in a positive, 
godly, wonderful way. And so we're in a room and Jesus is in our midst. We are loved and protected and provided for by God the Father who gives us identity. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit who empowers us to minister, to reach out, to be a community, to love the community around us. And when we, as a people, love our community, we reach out. And loving each other, we back each other up as you I want someone, as you be someone for Jesus, that you're like Jesus. In fact, you might be the first bit of Jesus that anyone has ever known. So, Lord Jesus, change my heart. Change our hearts, God. Change our hearts towards the lost, to our community. Help me, Lord, to be more like you. And so today, the challenge really is, is to go back to God. We're going to go into some worship, open your heart for the Holy Spirit to come, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit again, to be empowered to take something good from God into our community. So why don't you stand? We're going to worship. I'm going to pray and we'll see where it goes. Father God, I pray that <coughs> you would embrace us as your sons and daughters. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come as we worship, that you would descend upon us in fire and in wind, in love, in gentleness, bringing to us something of who you are, Lord, more of who you are, Lord, more of your goodness, more of your grace and mercy and presence. I pray today that as we open ourselves up to the Lord, that God will come to you where you are, encouraging you and strengthening you, forgiving you, making a difference of where you are. If you need healing, he'll heal you. If you need filling with the Holy Spirit, he'll fill you with his spirit. If you need to ask Jesus into your life, he will come. So today... Let's be a people who love each other. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive someone who needs to be forgiven. And if someone wants to forgive you, you graciously accept that and you both move on. I pray, Lord, that you bring a deep sense of hope and future, knowing that you are first loving and faithful. We need you, God. I'm just going to stop for a moment. And in yourself, just allow something in yourself rise to meet God in where you are in your life, that you need to move on from where you are to where he wants you. So I'm going to stop for a moment and just you do that. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.